Hello, beautiful. You are listening to episode 77 of the Africana Woman podcast. Chulu is my name. I am a writer, self-branding coach, entrepreneur, and mentor. This show is the home of African women's stories. We share ideas, triumphs, challenges, and lessons from our perspective as women. Our library is a step to cementing our place in history. Her story, your story, is powerful. Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome to all the new listeners. Listen, I'm actually going to give a shout out here. So first of all, shout out to Pule, shout out to Zenith, shout out to Emma. I know you guys are listening. Thank you so, so much. Love you so much. And welcome back to every single person who keeps coming back. I love you guys. You're an amazing Africana woman family. So please, if you're new here, hit the subscribe button or visit AfricanaWoman.com to become an official Africana woman visionary. I remember when I was starting the Africana woman podcast, ciao, I was lost. <laughs> No equipment, no systems, no training in editing. It was wild in these streets. But anyway, two years down the line, I am so proud of the podcast and how far I have come personally. Now, the mission of Africana Woman has always and will always be to tell more African women's stories. Therefore, we are helping you start and maintain your podcast. So if that is you, you have this burning idea for a podcast, you want to launch Launch a podcast, but you don't even know where to start from. Contact us at AfricanaWoman at gmail.com. Your story is important and we need to get it out there. Okay, so today we are talking about divorce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> there is so much to unpack when it comes to the topic of divorce. There, you know, there's the pressure of staying in a failing marriage. Because of religious expectations, we could also discuss how society ostracizes divorced women, not men, women. (laughs) There's also the issue of the effects on the children and how do women move on from the divorce? Because we make it seem like they, they are not affected emotionally, even if it wasn't a great marriage, but to separate two lives That is a lot, guys. So there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of psychological issues that are going on in there as well. But we don't even talk about that. Ciao. (laughs) Anyway, let's get right into it. Please welcome Asedi Manda. Asedi Manda is a God-fearing 50-plus-year-old woman with four children aged 32, 27, 25, and 23. Now, guys, if you look at her, she's actually quite gorgeous, and you would not think she has children that age. But anyway, uh, she is an entrepreneur and also a counselor, and she has been divorced for seven years now. Now, I'll just give you a little backstory. This is my auntie, so like, I'm just going to call her auntie. You people can call her Asedi if you want. I don't know about (laughs) that. But I'm very excited that uh, she reached out to me to be on the Africana Woman podcast. Hi, Auntie. Hi, Chulu. (laughs) How are you? Glad to be here, finally. Thank you. I know. I know. We've been trying to do this for some time. But we got here. We got here. So we're good. (laughs) We're good. Yeah. 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 
So welcome to the Africana Woman Podcast. Here we have lots of conversations. And again, it's really just a conversation and we talk about all sorts of things. So I'm very excited about the the topic you proposed, which is to discuss divorce and the effects that it has on a family afterwards. But my first question always is, what is your favorite childhood memory? Um, I think my favorite childhood memory would be Christmas time, period like now. Lots of gifts, lots of food, family getting together for some reason. You know, all the special foods came out then. And uh, it was just a, a, a lovely family time. I think that's my best memory, yeah. Yeah, I remember this when the yellow rice would come out, the coleslaw. Yes, the chicken. <laughs> and chicken. The, 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 I remember uh, those days uh, we couldn't get like uh, Coca-Cola. Yes, and then yes, so it would just be available and overflowing. And then everybody's collecting bottles so that we can go and uh, get crates. Like, yeah, memories. Yeah, and then um, we, we spent it mostly at my, my grandparents' place. So all the girls would be bought the same dress, same color, and the guys would wear the same things. My goodness, we must have looked like something from the circus. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was a lovely time. Yeah, that's great. I think uh, there was more connections then than there, there is now, family connection. Yeah. yeah, and it's weird how it just, like just started splintering. I yeah. don't know what happened because those were really fun times, but it yeah, just yeah. splintered. Now it's okay. just uh, small families, nuclear families. So yeah, we lost mm. it somewhere along the way. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. So tell us about your family. Like I said, you look fabulous at 50 Thank plus. You. Thank you. <laughs> <And> four <laughs> children. Tell us about your family. Okay, so my oldest is uh, Vanessa. She's uh, the one who's 32. She she lives on her own. She's currently engaged, I should say. So we have wedding bells coming in soon. And then uh, my next is uh, Adele. She's uh, 26. I get the ages mixed up sometimes. 50 plus brain, so forgive me. Yeah, anyway, and then uh, Katongo is 26, and then my youngest is Dean, he's 22. Yeah, so the other three are still in school. Um, Adil is uh, doing a degree in sports management. Katongo hasn't quite decided what he wants to do yet, and then uh, my youngest is uh, doing law. Obviously, because of divorce, my daughter lives on her own, Um my sons uh, live with the dad when they're not in school, but when they're in school, you know, obviously they're in, in boarding. And um, I'm living on my own. Yeah. So how long were you married? I was married for 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. very long time. I was married for yeah. 20 years. So uh, it, it was a shock to my system. But uh, yeah, one thing I've learned now and accepted is um, sometimes I feel like nothing Things can change any moment, you know. Mm. You can't mm. just assume something will, you know, last forever. So it could be through death or separation. Mm. So I think the most important thing is that to enjoy every moment of whatever mm. situation you're in. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when you say it was a shock to your system, who asked for the divorce? Uh, my ex-husband did. Mm. He, he asked for a divorce. And it was a shock to my system because um, he sort of, okay, he's not here to defend himself, but he did something that I forgave him for. So I was shocked, like, you're divorcing me. <laughs> you know, I should be divorcing you. But anyway, it was difficult to accept initially until I had to sit down with one of my aunties as well. And, you know, she just said to me, like, look, you can never force someone to love you. You know, you need to just let them go. So that realization, like, this person does not want me anymore, you know. It was a shock. I think that was a shock to my sister. And um, rejection is, is really tough. It's very tough, whichever form it comes in. And I had to deal with that. And that was, I could never wish it on anybody. It's a very difficult place to be. So how old were you around that time? I was, okay, you have to do a quick mark here. I'm 54 now. Yeah. <laughs> My last so that, was like that would be 47, <laughs> somewhere 47, right? Yeah. A good, yes, yeah, yes, seven yes. years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Walk us through just the, the whole process of getting the divorce in terms of, you know, speaking to the children, informing the family, because I mean, I feel like it, in most African settings, it's not just yeah, you know, most separating, settings. you know, it's the whole family is separating from sort of, you know. So what was that process yes, like? Definitely. It, it, it was a strange process. I think it wasn't the normal, even, um, you know, way uh, people um, do it in the African context, because I think the beauty about African marriages is that the whole family is involved, right? And so sometimes they make it difficult for people to actually divorce in that they will get you together, sit you down and hear, okay, so what's your problem? What's the other person's problem? And then if they feel, no, it's not good enough reason, they say, okay, no, go and try. That's normal, the normal process. But I think my ex had just decided this is what he wanted and he was not keen to even sort of sit down. His family tried to sit down with him and talk to him, but he just couldn't hear any of it. So it was sort of straight to the courts. When he told me that this is a decision he had made and he wasn't changing his mind, I said, you know, okay, so what about the children? You know, my, that was my, my biggest concern. But he said, oh, well, they, they won't be the first, they won't be the last. We just have to sit down and talk to them. We did sit down and, you know, talk to them. We tried to reassure them that it wasn't their fault. It wasn't anything they had done. It was a decision that we had, you know, just uh, decided. And I avoided as much as I could to sort of, portion blame in front of the, the children, um, try to make it um, as amicable as possible. Of course, they were in shock. They, they didn't say much initially. Um, I think they were still trying to process what they had just been told. Of course, there's, you know, sadness because they're just bewildered. They don't know, you know, what's going to happen next. And as it turned out, I decided to sort of take some time away. So... They remained with the father. I went to sort of 
try and digest this and process this whole, you know, thing. I went to visit my brother in the States and I, I think I was there for like five months because I thought I need to be whole before I could deal with the children. And I didn't want them to see me broken. And yeah, so because in the space of like a month, I lost almost like 20 kilos. So I, I just, I needed to get away. So I went away for almost like five months. I know you're a counselor. Yes. Was this something that you considered or, you know, did you consult with anybody during this process? No, not, no, 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 no. Um, I think the, with the African thing as well, I think we're, it's only now that I appreciate counseling because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a counselor myself now. And that is what made me want to do that. Because I felt like you're looked at almost as a failure, you know, like you failed, you know, when you go through a divorce and people don't look at you the same. So you, it's very difficult to reach out to people. It's a, you feel ashamed to even talk about it, especially, you know, because it was coming from the other person. Maybe it's easier if you as a woman decide you're going to you know, file for divorce. But mm-hmm. when it's the other way around, it, it's quite uh, difficult. In the African setup, we always told just to be strong. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, you know, you're not the first person to go through this. Just be strong. It will pass. You know, that sort of thing. So it, it's it's a, a confu- you know, you're confused. You don't know what the future holds. You're scared about the transition. You don't know what your life is going to be like. And only a person who's walked that path can be able to help you, I think. So that that, that was a difficult part for me. Yeah. And so also even just accepting that this is where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that acceptance. So when you um, took a break for five months, was it five or six months? Five months, yeah. What what happened next? What did you think about or what did you do next? So when I came back, I obviously found that uh, the divorce had been filed. So I had to get a lawyer. And at this point, I'm not ready financially. Fortunately, um, I had a friend who was a lawyer and she offered to say, okay, look, I can represent you. And then going through that process, I had to find alternative accommodation because when I came back, um, ex didn't want me in the house, didn't want me anywhere near the house. So I had to go and live with my mother. So it, it really took a toll on me. And plus I had left most of my things in the house, everything, you know, I bought, worked for my clothes, my wife. So the process of having to renegotiate to get into your home, to get your stuff, was really it really brought me down spiritually I, I was yeah. I think at my lowest and then also watching my my kids you know bewildered not knowing they were asking me about what's going to happen to you where you're going to live you know they were so concerned uh, about me and I felt really bad because I thought I should be the one worrying about them not the other way around and being children being who they are they tried to be strong but later on you could now, they started acting out. That's when you could see the effects like the divorce had on them. Yeah. So I relocated to um, Kitwe, uh, my mother's place. And then obviously 
the process, the divorce process. So we had to sell off properties we had acquired so that I could be given a chance to start over. So after we, we, we sold this house, I then moved to Osaka, tried to, to, you know, find accommodation and see what I could do. But then it was really confusing because my, my business was in Dola, but I could not just stand being, you know, in the same town because like I was feeling ashamed. I felt like everybody was looking at me. I think even even when people are innocently just chatting, you think they're talking about you. Yeah, so I opted to sort of um, to a different town. So I moved to Lusaka, which was, again, not very easy because then it's, I was born and raised in Lusaka. I moved to Ndola when I got married. So I thought going back to Lusaka was like going back home. But the, it had changed. Um, people had moved on. Friends had moved on. So it was like almost reconnecting, trying to find myself. And that wasn't easy either. So I felt like not at home in Lusaka. Then I couldn't go back to the home I'd you know, come to know. I couldn't go back to my mother's house because I left that a long time ago. So it was, um, I think that was the most difficult part. I thought generally like, oh, when you go through this process, maybe it's missing somebody. But I actually didn't miss my ex. I just, I missed my children. I missed my home. I missed my friends. I missed just being in a familiar place. And being in Lusaka made me feel like I was, like I'd just been dropped in the middle of an ocean or something and I was trying to swim and couldn't see the nearest shore, you know? That was the most difficult part, I think. I mean, after 20 years of being married, you know, you have a lot of, what's the word? Your friends are the same people, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So yes. how was that? How was how was it navigating the friend your friendships? Uh well, I think there's you know my you know my friends, my closest friends. Um the fortunate part is that they were already we were we lived together in Dola and then they moved, they all moved to Osaka. So I was the only one left. So when I went I came to Osaka, yes, I reconnected with them. But um it was difficult to you know people were used to the fact that I was away so it's almost like consciously remembering that oh she's now around so we need to include her in this and we need to include her in that and they were very supportive I must say but most of the emotions that you have to go through you have to deal with them on your own so sometimes I would engage with them sometimes I just wanted to be on my own and um, they don't know how to help you. I had, um, amongst the, the group, there were at least two of my friends who had gone through a similar divorce. And they really, really helped me out. Because at least I had people to go and cry to. I had people, you know, to just, who would just allow me to just grieve. Because I think that's one of the most important things you need to do when you're going through that process is allow yourself to grieve to just accept that this is where I'm at. at all the emotions, the anger, the, the regrets, the guilt, whatever, everything. You know, you just have to go through everything. That's the only way you can heal. Yeah. 
So to go through the emotions as they're coming through, and I can imagine they're scary, but at the same time, you need to Very go through scary. it so that you, you need to that go you through it. Feel. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then other things come up, other mm. things come up like um, some friends um, begin to see you as a threat because now you're a single person. Oh. So they stay away from you. They, they don't want to be in touch with you. Um, then... Um, the familiar people like um, accepting that his family are his people. So they treat you like a stranger, <laughs> you know, and accepting that you're no longer part of that, you know, family unit is very, very difficult. So it, it's like your whole life as you know it comes to an end and you're starting afresh. It's like going to a new country mm. and starting from scratch, you know, and that's, the hardest part. I, when I first got to post, I met someone, you know, who had gone through something similar and I asked them like, how long did it take you to um, feel some sort of normal? It's a new normal, but to feel like you're settled, you're okay. And they said to me 10 years. And I thought to myself, 10 years now, it's too long. I'll be fine. You know, I thought, give me a year or two and I'll be okay. But it's eight years now. Um, seven going to eight years, and this is when I'm beginning to feel settled. So it could take that long. It can take that long. So talk to us about co-parenting. How did you? Because you, you you've spoken about you know your um, shared properties and selling those off, all the things that you had acquired together. But now you have children. And um, how have you um, chosen to co-parent? Um, it, it, it's, it's very difficult. I think you need to be at the same place to, to co-parent. You, but I've, I've had issues just like sort of agreeing. Um, initially, it was difficult because I think you almost... Um, the children in this spot where they they feel like they have to take sides. So the first thing is assuring them that they, they don't need to take sides, assuring them that, you know, they don't have to feel guilty about loving their other parent. Um, when they are with you, allowing them to sort of talk about the other parent without bringing their other parent down because most times as human beings, we tend to guilt children into like, or making them your messengers, like, oh, trying to spy what's going on there, what are they doing, and, you know, stuff like that. Because, like, in my case, there was already somebody else in the picture. So I tried to just resist making them feel like they needed to take sides. And I think on that bit, we tried a bit, and it took us maybe probably a good five years before we could, I think, effectively co-parent. The first five years was just like, oh, you know, anger, resentment. And so it was difficult to relate. But at some point we had to say, look, we need to put our differences aside because then the children started acting up. Um, had issues with my oldest son, and we didn't have a choice but get together and say, okay, so what are we going to do about this? And I think at that point we realized we needed to just be on the same page. Because the other thing we also realized is that if they know you're not talking, they'll run circles around you. 
So they'll come to me and say, oh, I need this for school, not knowing that the other parent is also given, you know, sort of thing. So realize that um, fortunately sooner and later. And yeah, I should say like after five years, now we're good. We can put our differences aside when it comes to the children and just talk about the children and whatever issues, despite whatever is going on between us, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. In terms of, you know, you, I think you mentioned a couple of times that afterwards you saw how it affected your children and they started acting up. Do you think that um, they are now bet in a better place or how, how long did that transition take for them, for them to just... Stop. Well, I don't know if they've um, stopped acting up. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I think each child is different. Um, my oldest son, he's very sensitive type. So he acted up quite quickly because he took to alcohol. And then um, he was also, at that point, he was just going into university. So he went to China to school. I think he didn't have the opportunity to deal with whatever was going on. It's almost as if you have issues at home and then you're quickly shipped off somewhere else. And he had to deal with whatever emotions while he was in China. So I think he's the one who really acted up because he was far away. We couldn't see what he was doing. He had no one to talk to. So it was just drinking, drinking. And uh, at some point he was there for three years and we thought he was in school this time, not knowing that the last year he had actually dropped out of school. So by the time we found out, it was another year, so it was four years in China, but he was actually in school for only two years. So now when he came back, that's when now we had to deal with the effect of what that had, you know, the, the, the divorce had on him. And um, he had to go into counseling, and, you know, just talking about it, allowing him to just basically freak out or whatever it is, go through the emotions. He's okay now. Uh, he's okay now. But it's taken almost like, I think, three, four years for him to be at a place where we can say he's fine. My uh, second son, he's very quiet. So up to now, I don't really know <laughs> what he feels. Is that type who doesn't really want to talk about things. It just became, I think, more withdrawn because he's an um, introvert. So he just became totally withdrawn. My youngest one, I think, unknown to us, he was probably the most affected because he was a child then. I think he was about 15 years old. So now that he's coming to adulthood, that's when you see, you know, he's acting out, um, the things we missed out on. I feel guilty sometimes because I feel like I was not around to, to be a mother to him. So he had to basically sort of like look after himself. I see certain things that he never learned because I was absent, you know. Um, just his dad and his dad was, um, his kind of work took him away from home a lot. So most of the times they remained at home with a maid. And we know obviously a maid is, going to, is not going to She'll cook and clean and everything, but the basics, the things that you need to teach your child as a mother, like, oh, don't be rude, don't speak to adults a certain way, 
or keep your room clean or make sure you bath by this time. Or, you know, the small, small things. And it's the small things that we take for granted that really matter. So you see this person growing up into an adult and you can clearly see the things they've missed out on, you know. Um, but the fortunate thing is that I cultivated this openness, like let's talk about everything. So we spoke about, we talk about everything, whatever they need to ask. I've made them feel free, no matter how much they feel, it may offend me. Sometimes, you know, people listening in will probably think, oh, they're being rude because I allow them to say anything, to vent, you know what I mean? But I feel that's the only way they can heal. I've made them my friends, so we speak about anything. Nothing is restricted. That's, you know, the way I feel, at least they're coping. Uh, my daughter was better because at that point she had already left home. She was already working, living on her own. Um, but she now had to deal with like the brothers, you know, they obviously reach out to her, whatever they're going through. So she then became like a second mother, you know. They were closer in age, so I probably felt they probably felt more free to you know talk to her. Yeah, so I think she also had to step in and you know be mother. <laughs> so she had to grow up quickly, I suppose. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that, uh, and I'm glad to hear that um, they're doing better, and that you have that open conversations with them and i think that's always great that you can just allow people to express themselves um whether you know it sounds raw or (laughs) to the outside world (laughs) yeah and the african i think well well, you guys are more uh, free than we were ever you know with our parents Mm. so i think it's a good thing yeah yeah so what would your advice be to someone who's found themselves in a position where um, they, they might be facing um, divorce? So I guess, I don't know, there's, there's different situations that could happen. For example, you were together for um, 20 plus, you know, 20 years and then you got a divorce and then other people it's like really early on in the marriage maybe they've got younger children you know maybe younger than two or you know um toddlers and then maybe it's a marriage where there's there's no children at all as well so i don't know what what how would you advise someone to um to 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 be able to it. go through the, yeah, to deal with it, to go through that process. I think the most important thing to remember is divorce is not easy. Whether it's one year or two years. Remember, this is a person you've said you're going to spend the rest of your life. So emotions are involved. And you don't take lightly uh, when the word of God says that when two people are, you know, come together, it's like two souls coming together. And now suddenly you have to separate those souls. So whichever way it is, whether it's a year or 10 years or whatever, it's extremely painful. It's almost as, as if it's a death, you know. They say that death is even easier to deal with because it's final. But with divorce, this person is somewhere around, you know, and you, 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 you perceive 
them as, oh, they must be happy without me. They must be having a good, so that in itself is, is very difficult. So I think the first thing to remember is that it will not be easy. The second thing to remember is that you have to allow yourself to breathe. Whatever emotions you're feeling, you cannot block them. You have to go through the emotions. You have to go through the process and make sure you come out the other side emptied of all those emotions. If not, depression can set in, you know? And then it's important to have a support system, to have people you can, people who genuinely care about you, people you can talk to, because amongst this, there will be some friends who will just want to offer comfort because they want to hear the story, what happened. You know, it, it becomes entertainment. Then there will be those friends who, like common friends, who come to you, get what you have to say, and then go to the other side. So it becomes a situation of he said, she said, and it's messy. So you have to avoid talking too much. Sometimes you listen. When you're going through a divorce, you want to vent. I remember I used to, you just had to ask me what happened. Oh, my goodness. Then you trigger this emotions and I'll be talking and crying. I could not finish a sentence without crying. But I realized as I went on to say, and people are actually not listening because they care. They just want to hear a story and it's something to talk about. So you have to choose who you confide in. And then you also have to remember that the other person, even if they're the ones who initiated the divorce, they're also hurting because even their lives as they knew it has come to an end. And then if they're the guilty party, they're going to be very cruel too because then it's almost as if they want to alleviate their guiltiness by being um, cruel to you, you know? So it it gets nasty and it it takes a while. There's some people who from the onset are able to be friends. I doubt 100%. I don't think so, but you just have to remember that you're both hurting. And if you can, it's best to stay away from each other. And then it's important to get someone to represent you well because it, it, it's no longer us. It's now you against him. So you need a good representation, otherwise you end up losing a lot. And then... As much as possible, if there are children involved, older children, try not to involve them. Try to make sure that, you know, you don't make them choose sides or you don't make them, whatever has gone on, whether he was wrong or she was wrong, you can't shame the other parent in front of the kids or to the kids because they're part of them. It's like half of you and half of the other person. So if you shame them, you make the children feel ashamed of who they are. So I I know it's difficult, but as much as possible, it's better to make sure the children are totally left out of it. And then um, then you have to remember also that um, friends, family will choose sides. They will pick sides, and you can't pull them to your side. You have to accept whoever is on your side and let it be. Eventually... It gets easier, but they also don't know how to relate to either of you. They don't want to seem to take your side or the other person's side. They want to be neutral, but it's difficult. So you find most of them will just sort of 
not want to be anyway near any of you. And then um, as a woman, I think you have to be aware that there are sharks out there. <laughs> You'll find that your ex's friends will try and hit on you, not because they like you, but because they just, hey, she's now divorced, <laughs> she's available. <laughs> and they look at you like, oh, she's desperate, you know? So you have to be careful who are you allowing your life. I would say just stay away from any sort of relationship until you are totally healed. I think a good three, four years is good because you don't have any baggage, you know, to carry on to the next relationship. Yeah, so I think those are some of the pointers I'll give. And most important, if you can get therapy, get it immediately. Get it, get it, get it. It's very important. Yeah. That's a very thorough list. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Well, then I think my last question um, would be, what would what advice would you give to the village? And I, I say the village, the village being the people who are around you, be it family, be it friends, because mm-hmm. the village also affects, you know, your 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 life and the the quality of your life especially this right so what would you say to the village if if they have somebody who is going through um a divorce or a couple that's going through a divorce i think the most important thing uh is just to show support um most people don't know how to handle somebody grieving because you don't know what to say you don't know what the right thing is to say but sometimes all the person needs is just somebody to be there sometimes you don't even need to say anything just sit there with them if they want to cry allow them to cry if um they want to talk let them talk don't judge don't say uh i told you so don't say, I knew from the word go that that person wasn't right for you or whatever. The last thing the person needs is condemnation or mm, to be made to feel guilty. Just be there, period. Just show something. I think that's the most important thing. And then um, one other thing I, I, I forgot to mention, like if someone is going through that process, if you can, if it's possible to save a marriage, you try and talk about it, whatever it is, because it, it's not easy. Divorce is not easy. It's not something I can wish on anybody because it, it, it just takes away from everyone, the village, the children, the individuals. So if you are able to get along at some point, make sure you try and save the marriage as much as possible. And this totally fails, or if there's violence involved, but if you're able to sit down, try Okay, so how do people get in contact with you? Are you working on anything? You're a counselor. So what if somebody's saying, well, I really liked her. I liked her voice. She sounds like somebody I can talk to. (laughs) Just her voice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I haven't really set up anything yet. Um, Most of the people who come to me are through referrals. Somebody said, okay, now try and talk to this person. They've gone through this. They might be able to help you. So I'm open to having my number given to people who ever need me. I have a weakness for my fellow women. I know that men grieve and go through stuff. If I can help a, a, a guy going through that, I'll try. But mostly I'm, you know, women, yes. So if anybody needs 
you know, help from me, feel free to pass them my number. I'm very open to help. Well, thank you very, very much for being a guest on the Africana Woman podcast. I thank have you for having me. I've learned a lot and thank you for sharing your story. I think a lot of women will relate. Like you were saying, it's not something that people talk about easily or openly. And, you know, to be able to hear somebody has gone through it, gone through the fire, come out looking gorgeous and glowing. (laughs) (laughs) Then it is possible. You'll be fine. You do. It is possible. You'll be fine. It will pass. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed talking about it. Divorce is a topic that is an integral part of my childhood. My parents divorced when I was a very young child. I'm talking baby child. (laughs) I don't remember the circumstances of the divorce, but I always felt the void of having an absentee parent. For a very long time, it made me angry until I decided to let go of my pain, which was mid-high school, somewhere there. I distinctly remember thinking this is something I would never wish for any other person. And yet I would also never, I'm not saying that, you know, people shouldn't get divorced because I would never fault someone uh, or a couple for deciding that they must divorce. The question then becomes, how do you make it better for all parties involved, right? So Auntie Judy said, divorce is like a death. And yet you still see that person walking around. Yeah. It's like, oh God, it's there. He's still there. (laughs) I think it should be treated as a time of mourning. You know, a time where you get to grieve the life you thought that you would have. You get to grieve the life that you have lost. You get to grieve the dreams that will no longer come true. And eventually... You allow yourself to reimagine a new life, dream a new dream, and you don't have to do it alone. Know this, it will take some time. In fact, do not let anybody police you on how long you should grieve. Do whatever you need to do. As for the onlookers, As we look at at the person who is going through a divorce, whether it's our friends, our family, just be there to support them. They will tell you how you can support them. You know, it's not a, a moment and time for you to be passing comments, to be giving judgment, giving us your opinion. Nobody asked you, you know, <laughs> Mandy, just be a support because, you know, they're already going through a lot of pain. So let me know, what was your experience with divorce? How was it for you? How did you get over it? I think, you know, we don't talk about it, but it affects us in so many different ways. And I think learning from each other could be so helpful and powerful, right? So find this post on social media and just drop a note. Like, what has your experience with divorce been? So guys, you know how we do. We celebrate everybody that comes on this podcast. Please find Asedi and tell her that you heard her on the Africana Woman podcast. She is on Facebook as Asedi Manda. And tell her you heard her on this podcast and say thank you and tell her what you heard. And remember, she's a counselor. She actually really 
wants to help people that have gone through similar experience, you know, be it divorce or whatever you're going through. So she can actually help. So yeah, if you need somebody to talk to, there you go. Now, my playground is Instagram. Find me at Chulu by Design. Tag me. Tell your friends about the Africana Woman podcast. And please leave a review. This really helps us to get the word out and get more of our African sisters out there listening to the podcast. Thank you so much, guys. Talk to you soon. This has been a production of Africana Woman Media.